0: Welcome to the Mindful Runner podcast, a show about running and racing, trail and ultra in South Africa. Along the way, we'll be talking training, gear, nutrition and mindfulness, all in the context of the South African racing scene. I'm your host, Fred Richardson, founder and head coach at Mindful Runner. Stay tuned as I do my best to give you all the information and none of the waffle. So this is the first in our meet the mindful runners, the ordinary people who do absolutely extraordinary things. And the first person that I'm talking to is the Delia from uh, George, a runner who really wasn't known on the trail scene up until 2021. And uh, suddenly, bang, this lady is winning races and placing on podiums at at long distances. Ladelia, welcome.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity.
0: Please tell us just a bit about yourself, where you come from, job, career, life, all of those things.
1: Okay. So I am a farm girl from Riversdale. I'm one of four children that was raised on a farm. Uh usually what happened was, and that's where the running started, We, <laughs> my dad would send us to go look if all the sheep are still there and the cattle is everywhere and <laughs> we needed to run around to see if, if everything is still intact. Um, went to primary school in Riversdale. Um, I finished my high school there as well. Um, yeah, I went to study in Bloom came back to Riversdale, moved to George in 2018. And yeah, I'm still here working at the Provincial Hospital as a finance manager for the Department of Health. And I've got two boys, 12 and 14, which is keeping me much on my toes. And yeah, that's basically who I am.
0: From a running point of view, when did your running start?
1: So, as I said, we've always been running around on the farm. I come from a very sporty family. Um, We've always had people competing in road races. And I think way back in the early 90s, trail running was... Nowhere. Um, I always joke around with my friends and I said, you know, I've been doing trail running since the age of five before it was even known. Um, So we grew up in a family that did a lot of road running, a lot of family members competing in Oceans and Comrades on a yearly basis. And I think that's where it also you know, stacked. And then when I was in high school, what really changed, it, I struggled from eating disorder when I was in, in high school. And eventually, I got taken out of boarding school and went to stay with family friends. Yeah, Auntie Tertia started running. And she like, got me into that. and was something not only to be healthy, I learned that I need to fuel my body in order to keep on going. And I think that was the one thing that stuck and I really started enjoying it. I remember running my first half, half marathon with my parents not knowing about it. It was this whole complot she signed for me. I did not even know how far a kilometer really was. And yeah, that's when what they call it in Afrikaans, the gochai kebeit. So I was when I ran my first Road half marathon, and I haven't stopped since then.
0: (laughs) Wow. You've had back surgery not so long ago, yeah? What happened there?
1: So in 2006, I was in a very serious motor vehicle accident. I ended up being a few weeks in, in hospital. First operation I had was a neck operation. So I've got prosthesis in my neck. I had two are yeah, discs that ruptured, and then I also hurt my back. But I was still very young then; I was only 22, and the doctor said the stress would have been too much to do a back op and a neck op. So I had the neck one first because of the ruptured discs, and then I continued and. Did my sport, did my exercise. So they actually said to me I would never be able to run or do sports again. And then I said to the doctor, you definitely don't know me. <laughs> so by <laughs> and then by I had my two boys and I started running again, really getting into it. And then yeah, me and my sister were racing trail stage trail runs a lot down in the Western Cape. And then the back just didn't hold up. We eventually went to a neurosurgeon and they said, no, listen, we need to operate immediately. So I had a laminectomy and a disectomy on two levels in my lower back. And in essence, what happened was a natural fuse resulted from that where my vertebrae just naturally fused. So yeah, it, it, it was quite a strain on my body. It's still, it still is something that I manage on a daily basis. Um, you need to work really hard and you need to work so much more focused on your strengthening exercises and how you go about it. It's a daily, it, it's a lifestyle change, but it's a, yeah something you need to remind yourself daily of how, how to manage your body.
0: So it doesn't just go away you you're constantly managing this injury yeah
1: yes um I think the one thing that that people should should take note of is and and I think that's that's the circumstances around any injury is um when you feel better, it doesn't say you can just continue to be. The, absolutely normal or go about like you've always used to I think there's subconsciously you need to realize that it it has been there it happened once before you need to manage it how going forward am I going to strengthen my body to ensure that I don't go back to where I was Um, and I think that is something that that lack in a lot of athletes maybe (laughs) um i don't think everyone has has that mindset but for me coming from two serious surgeries that was a mindset that i needed to change and and just realized like listen um you've been told you won't be able to run or to do this or to do this and i said i will do this but how am I going to get there? Um, So rehab, focusing, um, strengthening, body strengthening is very high on my priority list. And that has been part of my lifestyle ever since.
0: It's often, it's interesting because I know other people who also have gone through injuries Mm -hmm. and their running has improved as a result of doing exactly what you're saying, focusing focusing on strengthening and bringing in a whole new dimension to your training.
1: Yeah, definitely. I agree. I completely agree. Um, Many times, even after the weekend um, that we've raced, I was thinking to myself, if I never had these injuries, would I have been so driven (laughs) to do what I'm doing now? So, yeah, it's a catch-22, and I think it's, again, it's a personal thing, but I think it drives it. Yeah, definitely.
0: I touched on it a bit earlier. You seem to have just suddenly burst onto the scene. I mean, it was like last year that you, yeah, last that you, year. you ran the Mutt 60 and, and, and you were on the podium there and then first at Addo this year in a good time. It wasn't a, a shabby time. And then second at the Mutt 100 this year. Brilliant running. So how have you just discovered yourself as an ultra runner? I mean, what's going on? <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's it's actually funny if I sit and I think about it, I, I'm just completely amazed. I'm just so excited. I used to laugh about it. I remember when I started running and I was like, I was 19 when I did my first two Oceans Ultra <laughs> wow. and I remember my parents said, you are crazy. And I'm like, but I just like the long stuff. It's just so lacquer. At 21, it's short for me and even when I continued with my running I realized that the pace I could keep for a 42 was exactly the same that I could manage for a 10 and I was just like weighing it and I'm like listen just do the long stuff the stats looks better so I'm yeah. just doing that I've always been like excited to challenge myself on the longer things and I think that would have I, I always thought about road running because that was where the focus was for so long. So I, I have done two comrades and I, I have run a bull row in as well, but it's not lacquer. Yes, my body was hurting and it was aching mm-hmm. and moving to George was one of the best decisions. I mean, we've got the most amazing trails here. Um, it's like living in the garden of Eden. And I just suddenly got absorbed into into the mountains and the surrounds I just realized that listen you can keep up with this you you can do the trails you can you can actually be good and last year when I entered the mud 60 I didn't know what I was getting myself into I didn't have a training program of note. and I just ran and I was absolutely over the moon when I got a podium position and I didn't train properly and I ran the time I had envisioned, that's also one of my things. I can, I like setting a time for myself and I, I can do it. I'm very focused on that. And then I entered ADO and I was just like, I want to give this a go. I always want to do it, to, to do it. I think with the longest stuff, you really need to know who you are as a person. You need to know yourself very deep down. You need to know when those bad patches, how you're going to manage it, what 15 different personalities are going to come out along the way and how you're going to handle them, you know, when you're having staff meetings with yourself. And, yeah, I am absolutely over the moon. I'm so excited. I never, ever would have thought that I would be sitting here and have this running cv in in a year's time and that just makes me excited to know there's so much more to come this is only the beginning
0: yeah you touched on the point now um and i've noticed this about you you set targets and you're a you're a deep planner you plan your cut (laughs) your your checkpoints in detail right And, and you stick to that plan that's the the impressive thing
1: yeah um I don't know if it's your type of personality, and I think my working environment also plays a role. But but I'm a I'm a strategic kind of person. I like to plan, I like to know. I would go into a race, I would go through the whole route, I will check the elevation, I will know exactly what is where, what I want, where I want it, how I'm gonna do it, and a lot of my Um, my focus before a race goes into visualization, I would see myself getting to a checkpoint. I will literally (laughs) tell myself, this is where you're gonna be, this is what you're gonna eat, this is what you're gonna drink, that time you're gonna be there. And I would go through it in my mind over and over and over again. So yeah, I'm 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 all for planning. Even my my training runs, I like to know, I like to focus, I like to plan. And yeah. then I just go for it. And I think that's, that's one thing. If I set a time, I do that time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that in the last <laughs> two runs. I've known what your ta- targets were and you were right on, on the money the whole way. Yeah. It's, it's such a good skill, that, that, that visualization, I think, and understanding mm-hmm. that the – the clearer you can make that picture, as you say, of running into the aid station, yeah. knowing what you're going to be doing when you get there, the clothes you'll be wearing, the the way you're going to be feeling when you get there. It's so important because it, it just changes how you approach each of those steps. And do you run pretty much aid station to aid station? Do you break it down to, into smaller pieces? How do you manage the, the 100 mile or the 100 kilometer in your head?
1: Yeah, I think... I think any any long r- race, you you need to break down. If you go and think that you're going to do a hundred mile, and just set your 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 mind on you're going to do 160 k's, you're actually signing up for for a lot of weight on your shoulders to start with. And I think the the best way to do it is break it down into little pieces and and get those targets for yourself out there. I remember when I ran Ado, <laughs> my personal thing was you need to be at 50 k's before dark. If you do that, you will be on time. This is what you're going to do there. This is what you're going to eat there. This is where you're going to change your clothes. This this kilometer, this kilometer. And I think it helps also with yourself getting through the race. So if you go beforehand and you plan like on this kilometer, I'm going to do this on the, at this checkpoint I'm going to have this. Then it's also those little portions that you break down. I remember with Addo, what was actually very funny, I, I sat with one of my friends and I said to him, how am I gonna break this thing down to little pieces that I can chew off, especially during the night? I must I must train myself that I'm gonna be alone. It's it's not a given that someone is gonna be with me. And he just looked at me and he said, Well, you're gonna do 32 park runs in a very big park. So maybe you should think about that. And the funny thing was when <laughs> he actually did the 76 and he passed me on 30Ks um, before the finish. And he came from behind and he was like, well done. And I just look up to him with a blank stand. I'm like, Brandon, I only got six park runs left. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I could think about. I've got six park runs left. So yeah, I, for myself, I break down what I did with, with Matt last year and this year as well. And because it's challenging, I think you should. everyone should put the mind around what is going to, what is going to take you through it? What is going to help you chewing this elephant um, to the bone? And last year with Matt, I broke down from checkpoint to checkpoint and I ran for specific people who was <laughs> who was sick or who couldn't run or who was going through a rough time and I did exactly the same thing this year so I broke down every checkpoint I ran for someone um and it helps you know for for that little while in between I forget about myself and I focus so much on that person what they're going through and before I before I can see I'm at the next checkpoint and it's so nice and then that has passed and then my focus turned to someone else you know and because it it does get lonely you're not it's not a given that you're going to have someone with you especially on trails so you also need to train yourself to how do you manage that stillness and being all by yourself in your mind. I think that's that that could be a make or break for for long distance trail runners. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Look, I must admit, I'm not one of those people who likes running with others. I <laughs> I very much <laughs> like running alone. It's like, don't talk to me. I'm here for the run. I'm not here for the talking. So I'm very happy when other people have gone like any the direction. But what <laughs> What runs through your head in those times when you are running alone and there's nobody else around you? I mean, what, you know, people often ask this, they'll say to you, what do you think about while you're running? And often I have no answer.
1: That's the funny thing. I would, people would ask me also. So what did you think about on a three hour training run? Um, I can't tell you <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Yeah. There, there, there was just nothing. It is just. I think you get into a zone where it's just you and you bubble. And I also think that is that is something that very early on um, I said to myself. Listen, if you're going to start doing this, you're going to need to run alone. And you can't overthink. You can't think too much. Mm-hmm. And you and you can't make big things about it because it takes energy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and and it takes focus. And if you do a trail run, you need to focus on your surrounds. You need you need to be so in in connection with your body that your mind can't take any any of that of what you're busy doing. So yeah, I think I feel well rested sometimes after a three hour long run because I just switched off and I ran, and I did what I'm supposed to do. So, yeah, most of the time, I also can't answer that question. There's (laughs) there's nothing.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, I'm I'm happy I'm not the only one. Actually, I do have – I often have songs that just repeat through my head, like one or two lines that just go around and around and around. And they can go for hours.
1: Yeah. I must say, sometimes I also, it's like just this one sentence and then it would be, it's it's a kind of meditation that you go into. You just continue, continue, continue. And and that's fine as well. But I don't think people would normally understand if you tell them that for two and a half hours, the same sentence played on repeat in your mind. But yeah, I guess that's how it is.
0: So on on all the so you're you're a planner now we've established that. Do you ever <laughs> do you have plan Bs? I mean, do you consider, do you put a plan B down or how are you going to deal with the setbacks, the falls and the the bonks and those sorts of things? How do you deal with those?
1: I'm quite I'm quite the person that hits the ground very often, literally. <laughs> so I fall a lot. And I think that's one of the things that one needs to be prepared so before Addo, i had a terrible fall um the my knee was looking horrible and the doctors even said to me listen you can't go and run i said you do not understand this is tuesday i've got a long run on saturday something mm-hmm. needs to happen yeah um and it's a mind game because you put in the training and i think most runners are like that you've put in the training the effort went in the timing the planning um if you fall what are you gonna do so yeah i many times my only plan B is get up recoup think about it how are you gonna overcome this so <laughs> so for for me it is I first of all n- need to be calm and I need to assess the situation. Where am I? How do I feel? Is it serious? What am I going to do? And even in in the training run, it's like, you know, if if it doesn't go to plan, working myself up about it is is not going to solve the situation. So if it should happen in in a race environment, what am I going to do? I'm lucky that in a racing environment, it hasn't happened on such a scale, but like with Matt, I fell three times. I hit my knees so hard (laughs) against against the climb and I could literally not, not take another step. And Taranu eventually won. shame. She came past me and she put her hand on my shoulder and she's like, that was really hard. I'm like, (laughs) I know. And the thing is just, I was limping up and it's just, walk it off this is what you're going to do it's a minor setback see how you feel there's no blood can you manage and I just took my time got myself back into that vibe figured out how my body felt and then I continued and I think the the biggest thing there is mind over matter also what 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 really helps is I've got a very high pain threshold so not everyone (laughs) might be like I am but but, yeah, I think for me, plan B is assess how you're going to go back to what was planned. And I'm also yeah. – I'm a realist. So when when something happens and I see, listen, this this is not going to end well because it has happened, it's okay. We need to accept that because that's also part of the game. Yeah. Um, it doesn't help to go sit and, and even – be hard onto yourself about it. Yeah, I'm very fortunate and I'm very lucky at this point in my life, I, I haven't had so many setbacks, but but I'm aware that it could happen. And I think one of the, the big setbacks and, and why I'm very focused into going things is was because of those two major surgeries I had. It taught me that how I need to go about to make a comeback. And that has had a huge influence in everything that I just,
0: take on yeah yeah i mean but to to look at it to another runner michael mcknight um mm. also a monstrous ultra runner i mean he's he's had amazing records and he also basically i think mean, he had spinal fusion as well and pretty yes. much was told he'd never run again and defied all those odds um yeah. and yeah he puts that down his running down to exactly the same experience while we're still talking racing i have one more question for you
1: yes. why
0: the bush hat you're always in the bush head.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love my hat. I think, <laughs> yeah, for some reason, it, it's going to fa- sound very silly. Um, as, as a woman, I've been struggling because I've been running road races since I was 16 year old. And and way back then, in the early 2000s, when I started running and I sound extremely old when I say that in the <laughs> early 2000s, races were still like, um, you would decide the Friday night you're going to r- run in oatswan the next day and we would make up a car and you would go through and there would just be races every single weekend all over the place and you would pay 30 bucks and you would get a t-shirt you know, those nice, yeah. those days, you, you don't listen because it's nice to be tanned and that is one of the <laughs> one of the things that, that I'm struggling with now is, is a lot of skin pigmentation. And when I came to George, I was just like, yes, being up in the mountain, you know, a normal cap isn't going to help. So I found this army hat yeah. <laughs> at a friend's place of mine. And I'm like, yes, but this is like it. I like this. And also I always run with that is I figured out that if I dip it in water, it stays so nice and cool on my head. And I was all for cooling down my head because then you don't overheat and it's not yeah. that dehydration. So yeah, that made sense to me. And when I first ran with my bush hat and I put the ice underneath on my head, I'm like, the ice actually stays, you know, it, yeah. it's cooler for so much longer. And also it has become a trademark. I mean, that's who I am. I feel yeah. not like I feel like there's a part of my personality missing if I don't go with my bush hat up into the mountains. It's
0: a little bit like <laughs> Superman's Cape, man, eh? at bush Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I love then, it though. <laughs> Training-wise, what does your typical training week look like?
1: So training week is it it depends on, on where we are um, in in going forward to a race. But a typical week would be um, usually I would rest on a Monday have a nice recovery run on a Monday. Um, I would have interval sessions, which is nice, um, warm-up, doing nice intervals. I specifically like the longer intervals uh, where you do like a six-minute tempo and a three-minute recovery then and, yeah, repeating that eight times and then I I obviously like that's Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday. Friday would be a rest day or an easy run and then my Saturdays and Sundays would consist out of nice um, hilly trail runs. Um, As I said, depending on where we are in the program uh, before race or what block we are in and yeah, I'm I'm a firm believer of a back-to-back long runs over a weekend. I think it it makes you it just makes you so strong. And yeah, sometimes you would get um tuned up with some strides or also some intervals, and and that's basically it. So it consists about, I would do about 80, 80 to, to 100 Ks, I would say. Yeah. And and then throw in the elevation there as well, which I like. I like the elevation. Um so, yeah, that's my typical training week. And also with that goes to strengthening exercises, which yeah. is very important. Um, specific strengthening exercises, looking at the glutes. I like my Pilates and stretches. And, yeah, otherwise I walk a lot at work.
0: <laughs> uh, that's always a good thing. It's one of those hidden um, training sessions, isn't it? Just walking when you're yeah in your normal day. It so. is,
1: Yeah, on my day job, I walk a lot and climbing stairs all the time.
0: So, do you train mostly in the mornings, in the afternoons?
1: I train in the mornings. I try to train in the mornings because you never know. For me, working at a hospital, you don't know if there's when there's going to be an emergency or when they're going to need you or when there's some kind of submission that needs to be done. So, I try to get my runs early in the morning. Um, if I have a double session, obviously I make time in the afternoon. And then, usually in the afternoon, I do all my strengthening exercises or my Pilates as well. Okay. So, in the winter, it's a struggle. Yes, I'm tired of the darkness and running with the heat, lamp. but when it's done, it's done.
0: Get that box ticked. Motivation follows action.
1: Yes. So, and motivation it's, it's,
0: comes and goes. So don't worry about the motivation. Just tick the box every day. Yeah. Back to work. You've got a a fairly, one would call it a high profile job. How do you balance Mm -hmm. your your daily life and your training? I mean, how do you find that balance?
1: Yeah. Again, um, as you've said, you figured out I'm a planner. So (laughs) (laughs) I plan. (laughs) Yeah. It, it, sometimes it, it, is a bit difficult, but yeah, my day would normally start at four o'clock in the morning when my alarm would go off. <laughs> yeah. So I would, yeah, my alarm would go off at four o'clock in the morning, get up, have my coffee, get dressed, get sorted, um, get in the car at quarter to five, drive where I need to be. Do my run, depending on how long it is, um, because my job starts half past, half past seven in the morning. I need to be at my desk in my office. So, yeah, it it is for me, it's also a good thing to do my training in the morning. I'm more relaxed when I get to work. Yeah. I feel more in control. Um, and it's also something that I can take. It's an accomplishment already, something done for the day. Um, so I feel good. Um, the first thing I usually do in the morning when I w- went for my run, I would download training peaks, have a look at the stats, and, and it's a feeling of accomplishment. And I think it's a great way to start your day like that. So I go to work feeling accomplished. Um, yeah, then work eight, nine hours afterwards, do my training, uh, strengthening sessions, come home, clean, cook work in a coffee somewhere with a friend. <laughs> yeah, it, it takes its toll when, when you're really in peak training for for a race, um, it does get to you mentally. You do get tired. And it's mm. just those times where I surround myself with people that just confirm salt time to me um, this is your goal this is where you're going to it's not long anymore three weeks just push through for three weeks and then before you have it three weeks are gone and yeah. and and the the hard part is over <laughs> and I think it it's very important that one should not get sucked into the intensity of what high training weeks take out of you mentally I find it very important at those times to talk about it to say yes I've got a rough week and this training session is hard and this happened at work and and I just feel I need to talk about it more often and when I feel like it's getting overwhelming or I'm getting tired I focus on sleeping more getting my sleeping pattern sorted out and also I turn to yoga just sit down, relax, make time for yourself, breathe. (laughs) Or even just a simple thing as make time to go and lie on your bed with a book for half an hour and just read something. Many times we're trying to overthink how are we going to manage the situation where it is as simple as just time out for a few minutes and recuperate.
0: Wow. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I think I need you coaching me. (laughs) (laughs) advice for, for other women out there who want to race big distances, not necessarily win, but who want to run them. Well, I mean, we've got a lot of runners, certainly the women's ultra running, not market, but the women's ultra running field is growing. There are more and more women getting into the sport. And I mean, the amazing thing was at Mutt, there were three of you in the top 10, you know? So, and and that's also a great thing that women are actually pushing hard at ultra. So what advice would you give to women coming into this now?
1: Wow, that's a very interesting question. I never thought about it that way. I think the one thing is, if I can just, this morning when when we went for our run, we were talking about, you know, like race recapping. How was it? How did you feel? And a lot of my friends, it's like, how do you do it? How do you get into it? And I think it all starts with setting your goal. I think anything is possible. if you put your mind to it and you work hard, you you can achieve it. As I said, I'm a realist as well. So um don't go and do <laughs> these huge distances if you can't properly do half of it in a decent time or if you feel strong enough. I do think us as women, how we are created, <laughs> um, in essence, we we're there to, you know, to, to hold up people. We're, we're there to support. That's, that's the main function of, of women out there. That's, that's our function when we're in a marriage or, or being a mom or even being a sister. You, you're so much in a supportive um, role the whole time and, and strong, you know, guiding, advising and, and putting your mind to it. So I think for women who wants to start this, start small start small and get a goal and then push through if, if you could go into labor i mean <laughs> that is it then then you can run i promise you <laughs> then you can run um so yeah for for me it is also exciting to see women getting there and i think it's Again, it's that sense of accomplishment because we're just seen in that supportive role, because women are seen as the mother, as the carer, um, that there are so much more in them. I I think that's that's the basic. I can't give you a scientific (laughs) answer. just being a mom and a sister and a woman myself
0: let me like wrap this up with sort of let's try and wrap it up like this. What is your, your own running philosophy? I mean, I've seen you cross that finish line and you are on fire when you hit that finish line, the, the jump in the first pump. I absolutely love those. But you know, what's your running philosophy? What's the driving force here?
1: I like to, to show people that things can be done. I just love it. I love a challenge. I absolutely thrive on challenges. Yeah, I like to set goals for myself, like I said. So if I can achieve that, I mean, it is – life doesn't get any better than that. doesn't matter where you end, if you're lost. If your goal was to run an hour and a half, 10K, and you cross the finish line and you've done that, I mean, that is an accomplishment – That's what you set your mind to. So for me, running is, like I said in the beginning, running saved my life in a very strange way. And life happened after that, where so many times I heard that specialists and doctors said, you will never be able to do this again. And I think the driving force was to show people that, Anything is possible if you work hard, if you take responsibility, if you take accountability, if you take care, and most of all, just enjoy it. So I love it. There's with every race I finish, it is just this absolute overwhelming joy that just comes out of me for. It's another box ticks. It's another accomplishment. I did it again. My whole running, if I can inspire people to look at me and not look at her and say, yes, there's this, this tramp coming. I want people to look at me and say, she overcame and overcomes so many things. It's possible. Anything is possible possible and and I would love that to to be something that that people see so yeah my joy is just every time from I did it again I made it I can do it everyone can do it I just get so so excited it's just it's yeah it's the most amazing feeling on the inside of me crossing a line and even more so running the times I'm running finishing on podiums you know it's it is I never ever would have thought it and it's I just can't help but being (laughs) overly excited every time I finish
0: (laughs) it's so cool it's just such a great thing to watch I absolutely love it and I know we're going to see so many more of those fist pumps in the future
1: Oh, you definitely will, I promise you.
0: (laughs) Next big goal, what's that?
1: Next big goal, I'm aiming for UTCT, 100 miler. I would love to go there and and to see how I do. Because I'm only starting now, I've, I've only entered into this for a year now, and like I said, I'm trying to to find my feet. I'm trying different races and to see where I fit in, what I will like, where I will actually go and focus on. So at this point in time, it it really is a game for me of what fits me. Where where do I really excel? Uh, where can we work on? Um, where will I eventually end up um, yeah. going? So yeah, for me, for me, this is actually a nice period in my life to to I want to say explore going the way forward. I do have a five year plan in mind already, and where I want to be. And um, even after after Matt, uh, when I finished, I said to one of my friends that was standing there, "I said, hundred K is also short. It it It, <laughs> it's it a do
0: seem a bit short."
1: It's a little bit short and I think in my mind, I already know where I'm going to end up and where my focus is going to be. I think that is pretty clear, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to use this rest of the year to really see what do I like, what um, even what terrains. Mm -hmm. And and I think I'm going to make a decision then and really start focusing on really performing some way.
0: (laughs) Well, we know you do well in the heat. So there's there's one box ticked there.
1: Yeah, I love the heat. I love the heat. It really works well with my body. Um I'm looking forward to to do races in in, in a warm, in a warm environment. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, Matt was pretty cold as well. I mean you were wet and
1: uh, my body seems to tense a bit up in the cold mm. and makes it. Dip. But yeah, we had rain, the temperature drop. I mean, we started out in a terrible wind. Then you got behind the mountains, temperature drop. Then you go around the next mountain. Oh, nice sunshine! Got to the top of the ridge. Oh, temperature drop, drop, rain, rain, and rain and rain, and then the sunshine. And oh my goodness, it was just all over the place. We had
0: everything. I mean, it's great, Adida. This has been such a great chat. Yeah, thank you so much for doing this.
1: No, it's a pleasure. So nice. I really enjoy it. And and you know, for me it is just I just want to bring my story across and I, yeah. I really want to inspire people and and to make them see that anything really is possible. It, wow. it takes time and it takes patience. And it does.
0: But it also takes the mindset that you have. You've got some mental skills going on that that, that we try and yeah. that we coach, that we, we're constantly <laughs> coaching for, you know. And yeah, a lot of them you've already got those built in. It's not it's nothing you have Yeah,
1: to... I I must say I think that is absolutely one of the strengths I have, specifically, specifically for um ultra distances. My mind is I can go from a place of darkness and pick myself up immediately and and i think what helps with that is the fact that i can tell myself you have been through worse you can do this assess the situation what what is happening now what are you feeling now how are you going to overcome this and then just going forward so <laughs> i think that's that's one of the personalities that comes out is really of taking charge you need to take charge yes. you can't you can't go weak. And and that's why I say, I think it's so important for anyone who goes into ultra distances. You need to know who you are. If you don't know yourself, if you haven't been on that dark, dark patch where you sat and, and to yourself, okay, now the only way is up. Then you're going to struggle on on ultras. You're really going to struggle. So, yeah. and I think that's also the nice thing. I know exactly why I am. Um, I know what I want to achieve. I'm going for that. There's no turning back. There is no. There isn't a plan B in in <laughs> mentally in my mind because yeah. that's how it's going to be, and that's how I'm going to do it.
0: Very impressive. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Thank you so much. Okay, Fred. Bye. Bye. As always, thank you for listening. If you want to know more about Mindful Runner, check us out at mindfulrunner.co.za. On Instagram, you can find us at mindfulrunner. In the meantime, enjoy your running. Happy trails. And don't forget to subscribe.